This week on Erotic Awakening, Questions and Answers, Part 2. Welcome to Erotic Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic. From BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink, each week we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. I was wondering if you were going to say hi back. <laughs> no, I was trying to get the dog to be quiet. <laughs> I have a question for you. Okay. But I'm not going to ask you yet. Why not? It's the question and answer episode. Oh, that's right. Or at so. least the second one. We had a listener write in a bunch of questions and mm-hmm. we picked up some questions from other places. So today is question and answer episode two. Fabulous. And as you may have noticed, we have a new big dildo staring at us. <laughs> it is large and wide. <laughs> that's, that's a technical term for yeah. microphone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So we have some new equipment, we got a new mixer thing, and it's all hooked up to a new laptop. laptop. We keep saying we're not going to put any more money into toys, but we love doing the podcast, so we want to make sure it sounds good. So we just keep trying, and maybe mm-hmm. sounds a little bit better, and I'm really looking forward to stop spending money on that. Yes, indeed. Especially after all the great vendors that we just saw at Winter Wickedness. Oh, I know. Talk so. about somebody who we could have gave money to. <laughs> I'm sure they would have enjoyed it. They had corsets and dildos and floggers. Medical stuff and rope and... Liquid latex. Uh-huh. Leather vest, leather pants, leather, leather, leather. <laughs> yes. One of the things that a, you may not know if you haven't been to these events before is that they always bring in a wide variety of vendors as mm-hmm. well. And that's always a lot of fun for us, mm-hmm. checking out the different vendors at this point, our toy box is pretty full, so we don't do a lot of shopping. Yeah, it's over full, so we catch ourselves giving stuff away every now and then because we play with our few favorites. But that's a great example, or a great excuse to go buy new stuff is when mm, you give something away. True. Speaking of places where they're going to have vendors. And presenters. And presenters, and all kinds of good stuff. Presenters such as... Let's see who they got here. And we're, we're talking about Beat Me in St. Louis 2010. We mentioned that it's coming on April 9th through 11th in St. Louis not too long ago. But at that point, I don't think we had this list of presenters. I don't think so. So now we know they're going to have Goddess Lakshmi, Jay Wiseman, Miss Cynthia Hurt. The two naughty boys. They're really famous right now. They are. That's that YouTube thing, I think. <laughs> And, as we were saying, more vendors than ever before. More corsets, more electrical play, more ropes, more blades, more needles, more fire, more, more, more. Three days <laughs> of fun and friends and wonderful food. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're in a three-star hotel. Looks like they've upgraded their hotel as well. Sweet. So, uh, classes for three days, vendors galore, two naughty boys, all that good stuff. That is happening at... Um, Beat Me in St. Louis 2010 and you can find out more about that at stl3.com I actually just saw something the other day about that looks like they are headed towards selling out sweet and that's a good party 
So we've been to that one as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good one indeed. What else do you want to talk about before we get started? Mm, I don't know. Oh, well, we did have a listener write me off of FetLife. Did we? We did. So, and um, he was telling me that he liked our gender episode. And he's got a friend up in Canada that is a trans person and a linguist. So he sent her a copy of the episode. So she has an interest in words. We actually got a lot of feedback on the gender episode. And um, some of the feedback was like, that was a great episode, but you needed to go deeper. You needed to talk more about what intersexed means. Mm -hmm. You need to go deeper into some of the interactions that we have with gender fluid people. So we'll, we'll look at that. I actually spoke to uh, Cricket from... GLLA. Right. And she does a class on gender, so I think I'm just going to have to follow her around with a microphone <laughs> until she gives me some more information there. That would be great, because each event that we go to, we're running into more and more gender-fluid people, so it would be nice to get that terminology out there and, you know, maybe understand a little bit more. Yep, absolutely. Very true. Very true. The last thing I want to say before we get started on the question and answer thing is, <laughs> uh, I wanted to thank... Um, I want to thank Grey Dancer for giving us a little love on the rope dan rope cast. Nice. Uh, one of the first people that ever interviewed us mm -hmm. for a podcast was Grey that. Dancer. Wow. And um, I think that that the rope cast is the longest running erotic podcast that there is. Really. So if you have not nice. listened to Rope Cast, and he talks about uh, more than just rope, mm -hmm. you might want to go check that out. Other than that, I have one other question for you. Okay. How can people <laughs> get on the show? Oh, actually, getting on the show is easy. We'd love to have more people on the show. Especially if they leave us comments. Exactly. So, ways of leaving us comments, you can email us at eroticawakening at bluecatservices.org. Or the good old voicemail, 206 309-0054. I wanted that one. <laughs> or FetLife, our group is Erotic Awakening. And on Twitter, we are Dan and Dawn. So a couple of months ago, a couple of episodes ago, we did this question and answer thing. Right. And I kind of did it on a lark, and I really kind of expected it not to go very well. Mm -hmm. Ends up we got a lot of positive feedback on that. And, and a whole list of more questions. And a whole lot of, <laughs> whole list. Of more questions. Yes. <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. So what happens is we have questions. I'll ask you a question. Right. And then uh, between the two of us, we have a minute to discuss it before we have to move oh. on to the next. Oh, you love that pressure. I know. You think and talk faster than I do. <laughs> I need I, a little more time. I've always been a little quicker than you. This is yeah. not true. This is very true. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Um, I can read a question first. All right. Or you can read a question first. I can answer this one. Okay. Which one? Uh... This one. Oh, we actually have them written down, huh? Uh -huh. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Hey, Dawn. Yes. Can you explain the roles, for example, what is the difference between a top and a service top? Yes, I can. Good, so... because I have no clue. <laughs> um, I actually heard this phrase a while back up in Akron. And um, a top is someone that is a top during a scene. It's the role that they usually play, I guess. 
whereas a service top is usually a submissive that tops other submissives just so the other submissives get a chance to play. So they're not really in it. You know what I mean? They don't, well, I don't know. But that's as best I can do. Okay. I don't really have anything to add to that. That sounds like a great <laughs> um, answer. So does that imply that I can never be a service top? Mm, I don't know. I'm not the person to ask that. But I know who we could ask. Who could we ask? Theory. Okay. So, because she's a service top. Well, all right. It looks like we just spun another episode off. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, right on the timer, too. That was good. <laughs> Next question. Oh, it's your turn to ask me a question. Okay. After attending a munch, what event would you recommend for a first-timer? This is an easy one. First off, well, it, of course, it depends on what part of the country you're in. Okay. But most of these major events, and I'm going to say all of the major events that you and I have been to, mm -hmm. understands that newcomers coming in for the first time are going to be a little nervous. They're going to be unsure what's going on. Mm -hmm. And they normally have some kind of welcome to the newcomer, first-timer sort of thing. So, for example, we're going to Dark Odyssey in Washington, D.C. shortly. Mm -hmm. One of the first events, where the first classes will be um, introduction, like a, welcome to Dark Odyssey. Right, like We're, an orientation sort exactly, of thing. Right. Uh, Winter Wickedness, which we just did, mm -hmm. has the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. So they all do a really good job of having a newcomer orientation. Now, it helps to go with a veteran, helps to go with somebody mm -hmm. that you know. And, <laughs> uh, and that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Gave you two honks. <laughs> Okay, so the next question is, is it true that most Dom men and women prefer not to be out in the scene? Um, most. Most, and I don't think this is necessarily true for Dom men and Dom women. Mm -hmm. I think this is true for both uh, dominants and submissives, tops and bottoms. Okay. Right? A lot of them will use scene names. Matter of fact, most people we know use scene names. Mm -hmm. Dan and Dawn is a very boring name <laughs> in the scene when you're standing next to Lord Hack and Slash. Right. I think uh, it's hard to say, though, most people. I would say most people do practice some, and all the groups do practice some level of anonymity. Mm -hmm. I would say that we are a little uh, obscure how out we are. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say, I would guess I'm going to say that most people do prefer some level of anonymity. Mm -hmm. Even though they're part of the community. So there's, they still like their anonymity. I agree with that. Now, that doesn't say that you should necessarily trust somebody to simply say, oh, I, I like to keep my privacy intact, so I'm never going to tell yeah. you my real name. See, to me, that's a huge red flag. Right. Now, it may well be that... Uh, when you first meet someone, you're introduced to them via their scene name. But if I was going to go to play with someone, mm -hmm. I, there's a point, well, okay, I want to see your driver's license. Exactly. I want to have your phone number. I want to have some level of safety where you know I'm part of the scene. I know you're part of the scene. Mm -hmm. It's okay for us to divulge a little bit of that privacy. Yep, absolutely agree. Easy enough. Boy, these questions are easy so far. Mm -hmm, so far. What's next? I am asking you this time. Okay. What is it about the poly lifestyle that you and I enjoy the most? Ooh. So, um, I don't know. I've been thinking about this one a little bit recently. And 
I would have to say just the freedom to be who we are and to be free to love others. That's very nice. <laughs> it's very sweet. Oh. I was thinking about the different food I get to eat. Really? Nice. One of the things I most enjoy about the Polly lifestyle, and as much as I enjoy going to your favorite restaurant with you mm -hmm. and getting food and eating and enjoying time with you, if, for example, if I close my eyes and say, all right, Karen, you drive mm -hmm. and you pick a place for us to eat, she'll probably take me some wacky place that I've never been to before. Or if she cooks, she'll, she'll ah, here's a great example. She puts onions on the steak. Mm -hmm. I hate onions on steak, I think. Mm -hmm. But it's just, you get to experience things that you may not have thought to experience. And you bring a great wealth of background and experience with you. Mm -hmm. But Karen has a different experience and background. And it's great to be able to see how other people do things, do things in different ways, mm -hmm. interact with people in different ways. Um, it's, you know, just because you enjoy a great cheeseburger doesn't mean that there's not times where you want to go out and get a filet of fish sandwich, right? right? And doesn't mean one's better than the other. It means variety is good. Mm -hmm. I understand that. So that's just one of the many, many things We'll have to do a poly lifestyle show because I'm sure that you and I could keep going on and mm -hmm. on and on about the different things, the positive things that polyamory brings right. to our life. And one of the presentations that you and I do is called The Joy of Polyamory mm -hmm. because a lot of the polyamory classes we go to are about how do I get over jealousy? How do I how, get through this? How do how I get over How do I communicate? Over how do we get through the rough times? How do we... And though there are rough times... Very, also important, a, very if, important classes, mm -hmm. very important topics, mm -hmm. but... If there weren't joyous times, we wouldn't be doing this. Right, right on. We went way over a minute on that one. <laughs> well, we have to have a show like we talk about, so... Okay, so expect a poly show coming up. And, and I'd really love to bring um, your... Whatever. <laughs> boyfriend. <laughs> boyfriend. Let's call him boyfriend. Well, okay. it's hard to come up with the word. Well, we'll bring... Hey, can I say his name? Is no, his... not yet. Okay, we'll bring, um, let's give him a C name. Ooh, what C name shall we give him? <laughs> That'll get me in trouble. That will no. get you in trouble. <laughs> we could bring your boyfriend, uh -huh. and we could bring Karen on the show, and maybe some of these other people that they're connected to in this big spider web of polyamory, mm -hmm. and have a neat poly show. I think that'd be awesome. All right, next question. Okay, I thought this one was interesting. If two dominant people meet out in a club or an event and one is willing to switch, is there a sign that the other one gives, a gesture of some sort? Well, initially I was going to say no. Now there are, in certain situations, you'll have a hanky code. Mm -hmm. Different colored hanky in a different pocket symbolizes that for that night you're interested in a different sort of thing. Okay, right. well, I can see that. But I think that the, the question's a little bit... First off, we have to distinguish when we talk about a dominant in this perspective, we're mm -hmm. talking about a top, somebody who wants to top. Mm -hmm. Oh, you can top, you can bottom, or you can be a switch, which is somebody who likes to top or bottom. Right. So if two tops meet that neither one's interested in switching, mm -hmm. nothing's going to happen. Exactly. It's really nice, though, in the lifestyle, though, right? If two people that are normally tops and one person's, you know, kind of interested in, in bottoming and switching, mm -hmm. the secret code is normally saying, hey, want to flog me? <laughs> exactly. 
So it's not really so much of a secret code as a matter of we go back to the art of negotiation. It, right. And we just had a wonderful uh, episode, I think two or three episodes back about negotiation. Mm -hmm. And it's really as simple. Again, if you've never been to an event or you've never been to a munch, you might get the impression that the tops, the dominants are all dressed in leather and walking very tall and very aloof and mm -hmm. very domineering in all their actions. It's actually, it's a bunch of people. Right. Normal, everyday people. Some mm -hmm. like swinging the flogger, some like being a, hit by the flogger, and some like to try both. Mm -hmm. Though I have seen instances where two dominants are trying to get the other dominant to change their mind, and, and it just becomes very funny. <laughs> yes. Now, I, I will put a side note to that. If you do meet, you know, I, I have, my understanding is a lot of femdoms, mm -hmm. a lot of male doms try and convert femdoms into bottoming. It's, it's mm -hmm. somewhat offensive. I have, yeah, I have heard that. So that's, yeah, not good. I have yet to meet anyone who um, I would like to tie me up and flog me. Mm-hmm. And I hope it stays that way, to be honest. I'm quite comfortable <laughs> too. being on my side of the flogger. That would be weird to see you being flogged. Although every time I end up kneeling, people go, ooh, dang. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Okay. You asking me this one? Okay. Um, this is an edge play question. Okay, ready? Okay, I'm ready. In fire play, is there a preference between gloves or batons? Hmm. See, that one confuses me because I've never heard of gloves used in fire play. So I'm not exactly sure what they're asking. I mean, I've been fire flogged. I've had the batons used on me. I've had flash cotton mm -hmm. used on me and things like that. But I don't know that I know what gloves are. We will have to get extra special Tom on the show to answer this question. Ooh. Because I've never used gloves either. I've used b batons on occasion. I'm not a big mm -hmm. fire play guy, and I really don't get it so much. It's really neat, though, that after the fire's on, you know, to see people take their hands and just kind of wipe it away. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to have to table this question, and we're going to okay. bring on extra special Tom. Someone that knows what they're talking about. Cause, right. Yeah, because I've just experienced, and like I said, you know, you've used flash cotton on me, which is wicked. <laughs> Ooh, just in time. As it happens, we're going to see Extra Special Tom in Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. Not too far. Not too far. So we'll just, like, saddle up to it <laughs> and pull this out of my pants. Yeah, because I'd like for him to talk about the fire flogging, too. Yeah. That's his specialty. Yeah. And nice. I'll get a microphone out of my pants, too. Right? <laughs> Sorry. That was weak. Let's go to the next question. That was weak. Um, what do you most enjoy about the BDSM lifestyle? You know, we just spoke to Lee Harrington about the sacred aspect of BDSM play. Mm -hmm. and, and we recorded that episode. That's yes. coming up soon. Mm -hmm. The thing that I most enjoy about it is the requirement for presence. The requirement that you are completely engaged in what you're doing when you're playing with the other person. Now, the, the question, I think, says BDSM lifestyle. I'm taking it to mean BDSM play. play yeah. So... The very, you know, the, the engagement that I have to have with the other person, the connection I have to have with the other person, the, the just the, the how much you have to pay attention to what you're doing and your mind has to be connected to what you're doing for it to be a good scene. Mm -hmm. You know, now I've seen people that, that will be playing with someone and their mind, you know, their eyes are wandering around the crowd and seeing what's going on. And yeah. fortunately, that's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I enjoy most about it. So, and I know for me, the first thing that popped into my head was the vulnerability. And the having to trust the other person. 
So even like on our scene Saturday night, I mean, I have to trust you in what you're doing. And that is just a big turtling for me. Mm -hmm. So the vulnerability, the getting deep inside, the tapping into those emotions that are hidden in there sometimes. And, you know, whether it's joy or needing to growl or whatever it is, it's just very, it can be very raw and primal. And I know people have different answers, but that's what's speaking to me right now. Nice answer. Mm. Oh, okay. So another question. What do you least like about the BDSM lifestyle? Or what do you feel is most misunderstood about the lifestyle? Hmm. Well, what's most misunderstood is the same thing that's most... It's, it's much like the pagan community where people think, oh, you guys sacrifice animals all the time, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that's just simply untrue. I don't know any pagans that sacrifice animals. I'm, I'm sure, sure we could dig some I'm sure up we can somewhere. Dig some up, area, and I'm sure they're but, out there. But, but I'm saying it's not the norm, right? Nope. So I think the most misunderstood thing about the BDSM lifestyle is that it's an abusive lifestyle. Right. That all the submissives come from some background of tragic past. Mm -hmm. And that all the dominants are just... Uh, lack self-confidence enough that they could be in a regular relationship. Right. Um, so I, I guess I would say the most misunderstood thing is that submissives or bottoms are inherently weak when mm, my the, experience has yeah, been just the opposite. Just the opposite. So, And I was thinking the same thing. Um, a lot of people, you know, that aren't within the community or understand BDSM think of it as a violent thing. And that it's about violence. And, um, you know, some of mine, your your play can be a little rough, but it has nothing to do about violence. So it just, you know, that's, to me, that's the misunderstood part. Coming up next week. Sacred Kink with Lee Harrington. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dawn. So here's the audio test. Hi, honey. Hi, baby. What are you doing? Getting a blanket. So we've got all kinds of settings on the uh, ovulator that we haven't done yet. So let's see how this comes out. Yeah, I said ovulator. Ovulator, ovulator.